But I want to get into this message today. I, I do have a lot to cover, and I, I have a lot to get into today. But we started a series a few weeks ago called Battle Ready. Battle Ready. Uh, equipped for spiritual warfare. Equipped for spiritual warfare. And we began reading our foundational text, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, uh, where the Apostle Paul is, is bringing an awareness to us of a spiritual world. A spiritual world or, or, or heavenly places is what he likes to refer to them as. And, and so this spiritual world that, that exists where, where the devil and his demons, uh, where they operate, it's where they do their work. And we know these two worlds collide because uh, collide with the, our world, this, this earthly world, this normal world that we see and we're familiar with. Well, these worlds collide because it's clear and evident that there are uh, the demonic forces and demonic activity active in our world today. Uh, a lot of the evil the darkness that we see is due to that demonic activity, due to demonic influence. And so Paul makes us aware of this spiritual world. He, he doesn't want us to be naive. He doesn't want us to be ill-equipped. He doesn't want us to be misinformed. He wants us to be made aware that there is this spiritual world where the devil and his demons, they operate because the devil is real. But with that, the reality is the devil is at war with us. He hates you because he hates God. And the devil wants to do everything he can. As Paul says, he's got these schemes. He is plotting and scheming against us. He doesn't want us to walk in the purposes of God. He doesn't want us to have a life of blessing. He doesn't want us to experience God the way we need to. So he, he's going to do everything he can to derail us and detour us off that path. And so Paul makes us aware of that in Ephesians 6. But in that, I, I, I don't want us to be also misinformed with the fact of how we are fighting in this battle because he begins in verse 10 by saying, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the strength or the power of his might. Meaning what he's saying is uh, you cannot uh, fight in this battle by human effort. You cannot fight in this battle with human ability, with, with, with your own earthly instinct or, or knowledge. It's, it's, that's, you're not going to be successful in this fight if you fight that way. But he says, be strong in the Lord. So what he's saying is, I need you to be dependent on God. I need you to be dependent on what God provides. I need you to be dependent and solely reliant on the Lord. And so what God provides, number one, he provides us his presence, right? He is with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't left us alone. But we also read in this text where he equips us with this spiritual armor, the armor of God. And so we begin to go through this list, the, these items of armor that we've been equipped with. But the, but the Bible's very clear to make sure that we put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, meaning we, we can't be selective which, with, with which pieces of armor we want to wear and not wear. He said, if you're going to be successful, you got to put on the full armor of God. And so as we begin reading here, let's just read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Let's go through this itemization of the armor of God so we know what we are equipped with. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 says, therefore put on the full armor of God 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so Paul here begins to go down this list of items, this list of armor that we have been equipped with. And so a couple of weeks ago, we began to go through each individual piece of armor that he listed there. And we began with the belt of truth, that we, have, that we, are, that we are fastened, that we are buckled with the belt of truth, that we have the truth that holds all things together. Not our truth, but God's truth. And God's truth, the truth of God that holds all things together is the gospel. It's the good news. It's the fact that you and I were sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus became our Savior. He died on a cross for our sins so we can be forgiven of sin. He rose again. And because of that, we have new life. That is the truth of God. That is God's truth. And he says, be sure that you are buckled, that you are fastened with the belt of that truth, the truth of God, the truth that holds all things together. So we have the belt of truth. Then last week we went to the next piece of armor, which is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness that we make sure that we, we, we guard our hearts with the truth and knowledge that we are right with God. That we are right with God. Because see, we have the belt of truth. That's an important piece of the armor because the devil is a deceiver. And his weapon of choice is deception. But last week we talked about the fact that, that, that the devil is an accuser. He's an accuser. He is tossing and throwing accusations at you. And so some of the accusations that he throws at you, a lot of what, what Pastor Chris talked about earlier today, but the fact that he is, he is, he's, he's lying to you, he's accusing you, he's, he's wanting you to think that God doesn't love you. He's wanting you to believe that God is, is displeased with you. He wants you to believe that your relationship with him isn't good. And so he's accusing you of all these things, maybe because of past sins or, or present sins, but, 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 but the Bible says that we guard our hearts with the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate, the knowledge of knowing that we are right with God. We got to guard our heart. But in verse 15 today, and this is where we're going to camp out for our time together, verse 15, the next piece of the armor, says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the gospel shoes. You know, nowadays we live in a time where we have different shoes for different things. Uh, today, if, if I wanted to go running this afternoon, which I don't, but let's just say 
I want to go running. I want to go jogging. Uh, if, if there are any runners in here, then you know that, that you, you have to have the right kind of shoe, right? Like when I was, when I was a little boy, uh, uh, when I was a kid, I had two pairs of shoes. I had my church shoes, and I had the shoes I did everything else in. I played in them. I went to school in them, played baseball, played basketball, played football. I did everything else in those other shoes, but I had my church shoes. And then as I got older, you start to get exposed to different things, and you start to, start to become aware of different things, that, that there are some different kinds of shoes out there. There's, there's shoes that, that you really want to get because everybody else has those shoes, and so you hope to get these shoes. Some of these shoes cost a lot of money, right? And, and you can't afford those shoes, but you really, really want them. And so, and so as you got older, you get exposed to these different types of shoes that you may want. And, and, and then you start to discover that there are different types of shoes for different things. Like I said, there's running shoes, right? They'll tell you, Chris, don't go running without getting the proper type of shoe. In fact, you need to go to a special store to get your feet uh, properly measured and fitted for the right kind of shoe. Because if you don't, and you run with the wrong shoe, you might get injured. And so there's different types of shoes. There's types of running shoes. There's different types of basketball shoes. What Do you play indoor basketball? Do you play outdoor basketball? There's different types of football shoes that you wear, different type of cleats that you wear, even for different positions on the field, different types of shoes for that. There's different types of shoes for baseball, for, uh, uh, for soccer. Uh, there's even different types of shoes for golf. Right? There's shoes for everything. Different shoes serve different purposes. But that's just sports and athletics. But let's talk about occupation. There are different shoes for different types of occupation. In fact, if maybe you work in construction or you work with heavy machinery or around heavy machinery, they'll always tell you, man, you need to make sure you get the right kind of boot. You need to get a steel toe boot. Why? Because you don't want to injure your feet. Different shoes for different reasons. And the same was to be said for a soldier. Specifically, in this case, Paul is, I said his point of reference might have been a, a, a Roman soldier or a Roman guard. He may be looking at their armor pieces, and now he's, he's starting to relate the different armor pieces of this soldier to the armor of God. And so he's probably looking at this Roman guard or Roman soldier, and he sees his feet and so what he's communicating to us is that, yes, there are different types of shoes that serve different purposes, but, but this was very important for a soldier that he had the right kind of shoe. In fact, the soldier's life depended on it. Because the soldier was heavily reliant on the type of shoe that he had because oftentimes soldiers would march long distances. When they would go into battle, they would fight in different types of environments or, or, or terrain. They would, uh, it kept the soldier mobile. It kept them active. It kept them ready to fight. But another purpose that the soldier's shoes served was it kept him stationary. It kept him grounded. It kept his... His, 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 his feet 
firm. It, it, it kept him in place. Why? So he wouldn't be easily knocked over by his enemy. See, the type of, 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 of shoe that this soldier would wear, it was this, this leather strap-like type boot that protected both his feet and his ankles. But it's also said that, that the type of shoe that this soldier would wear uh, had, had, had these spikes or nails uh, underneath uh, at the bottom of the shoe, kind of like, if you will, cleats. If, you will, if you've ever played any type of sport that involved cleats, you needed cleats. Why? Because you needed to make sure you, you had the proper uh, uh, planting of your feet in the different types of grass or, or dirt that you would be playing in so you wouldn't slip. And so this was important for the soldier because the soldier did not want to be knocked over by his enemy. And so the soldier had to have the proper shoe, the proper fit, the proper boots, if you will. So he wouldn't get knocked over by his enemy. You know, there are people here this morning that know what it is to be knocked over by the enemy. There are people here this morning that know what it is to be knocked over by life's circumstances. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe you, you know what it is to be terminated or to be laid off, to be let go of a job. That could knock you over. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe your bank account right now is not looking like it should. Maybe there was an a, a, a unforeseen bill that you had to pay that, that kind of wiped out your, your bank account. Man, that's enough to knock you over. Maybe it's your marriage or your family or relationship. Something just didn't go as planned. Something isn't going right. You're in a dark season, and it's enough to knock you over. We've all been knocked over by an enemy. We've all been knocked over by life's circumstances. We know what it is to be knocked over. But when it comes to this spiritual armor that Paul is, 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 is making us aware of, he's, he's telling us these things because he, he doesn't want us to get knocked over. He says you need to make sure you have the proper shoes. You need to make sure that your feet are fitted with the proper shoe. Why? So you don't get injured. So you don't lose your footing. So you become more stable. That's why he says in the text to be sure that we stand our ground. That we stand firm. Why? So that we're stable. So that we don't get knocked over. And we can't do this without having the right shoes on. We have to be properly fitted with the right shoes. And I'm going to present to you this morning the fact that God wants to create stability in your life. So you must put on the right shoes. You must have the proper fitting. God wants stability in your life. Why? Because he doesn't want you slipping and sliding when you come under attack. 
And that seems to be the issue with many people when they when they get they come under attack, when the enemy is approaching, they don't have the proper footing, they don't have the proper shoes, and so they're slipping, they're losing their ground, they're slipping and sliding all over the place. Why? There's no stability. And he says, if you're gonna be successful in this battle, you gotta have stability. But it comes with the right shoes. Because one thing that's guaranteed in your walk with Christ is that the devil is going to attack you. He's going to attack. He's coming for you. Remember, he hates you. He's coming for you. He wants you to be destroyed. He wants to keep you from living and experiencing God's plans and purposes for your life. He hates you. He hates you. But though the devil attacks you, there's, there's, there's something you need to understand. Because of your salvation, because of what Jesus has done for you, and you're following Jesus because of what he's done for you, he, he can't keep you from heaven. He can't keep you from heaven. In fact, we read in the text, John 10, 28, 29. I, I'm not going to read that, the whole thing, but, but Jesus makes the statement. He says, man, I, I've given you eternal life. Man, no one can take you from my hand. Like, I, I've given that to you. That, that, that's my gift to you. No one can take that away from you. No one can take you out of my hand. No one's that strong. So he, he, he can't keep you from heaven but he can sure try to get you to experience hell on earth. And you know that's the truth. Because some of you will tell me right now, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm experiencing hell on earth right now. This, this is not going good for me. Man, I feel like I'm being attacked from all sides. I, I, I feel like I can't get ahead. I, I can't seem to, to move forward. I can't seem to progress. I can't seem to excel. It seems that everything that I try to do, everything that I'm doing, it seems that I fail at. I can't seem to get ahead. So God wants to bring stability in your life. God doesn't want you to get knocked over by your enemy. He desires for you to be stable. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You want to know the right kind of shoe? It's the gospel of peace. It's the readiness of the gospel of peace. It can't just be any shoe. It's got to be the shoe that is properly fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Let's talk about peace for a moment, because this will give you a better understanding of the type of shoe you need to be equipped with, the type of shoe you need to be wearing under attack. Now, we know the word peace. I could probably go around here. You would probably give me a, a, a good definition of peace. Uh, I would say that peace is, is the opposite of worry and anxiety, right? Like that's a pretty standard uh, uh, idea or definition of peace, the opposite of worry and anxiety. But, but, but let's take it a step further and let's talk about what a biblical peace is. 
Let's talk about this type of peace that, that, that the scripture is, is referring to, the type of shoes that we need to be wearing. Because see, a biblical peace isn't just the opposite of worry and anxiety. See, biblical peace is when you can have calm and rest and tranquility even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. Even under attack. That's the type of peace that the Bible is referring to. Not just any peace, but God's peace. See, if, if the world would paint a picture of what peace looked like, and maybe some of you would paint this too. I know I probably would. I'd imagine sitting on a beach somewhere. Just sitting on a beach, perfect weather. Like, what, what would you say, like 76 degrees, 77 degrees? Just breezy. Hearing the ocean waves, palm trees, no noise, no mess, no work. Just, just laying out on the sand. And the sand's not too hot. It's, it's perfect. Now, you, you know, you, you're, you're imagining it, right? For some of you, peace says, hey, man, just put me on a lake somewhere with a fishing rod. Let me go fishing. That's not my piece, but that's some of your piece. Like, like you, 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 you just envision for a moment what, what peace would look like. If you could paint a picture of what peace is, what would it be? Would it be a beach? Would it be a lake? What would it be? Now, now, now it's easy for us to be at peace when nothing bad is going on in our lives. Like it's easy to be at peace when nothing bad is happening. If it's not, then something is wrong. But, but it's easy to be at peace when all is going well. It's easy to be at peace when, when my environment presents that which is peaceful. But you and I both know we don't always get to lay out on the beach. You don't get to go fishing just anytime you want to. You can't be in the most peaceful environment at all times. Why? Because life happens, circumstances happen, the devil attacks. And so the readiness of the gospel of peace, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. But he says, let the peace of Christ, not the world's peace, but let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What does that mean? It means that God's peace calls the shots in your life. God's peace calls the shots in your life. It, it means no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what types of attacks are coming your way, no matter what your bank account says, no matter what your job is saying, no matter if the car broke down, it doesn't matter. When the peace of Christ reigns and rules, it is God's peace calling the shots. It's the peace that says, I'm not letting the environment or the atmosphere ruin my peace. It's God's peace calling the shots. And for the believer, for the follower of Christ, for the Christian, peace should just be a normal way of life for you. 
Are you hearing me? For the follower of Jesus, peace should be the normal way of life for you. But unfortunately, worry is a normal way of life for you. Anxiety is a normal way of life for you. I mean, let's just, let's just, let's just be real. As Christ followers, people who've received salvation, people who've come to faith in Jesus, people who have a, 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 an eternity that is secure, peace should be like breathing to us. But if we're honest, we know that it's not always the case for some of us to worry, to be anxious. That's what's normal for us. Maybe we're worried and anxious because of, of, of things we did in the past. Maybe some burdens and some baggage that we've carried from the past, it, it, it brings on that worry, it brings on that anxiety. Maybe we're, we're worried and anxious because of what's going on today. Maybe some of you are in a, in a season of worry and anxiety like today. You don't know uh, what's going to happen when you leave out of here today. You don't know what's going on right now and you're, you're just uncertain. Some of you are, are worried and anxious about tomorrow, the future. The thought of not knowing what is happening tomorrow scares you. And because of that, we live in an enormous state of worry and anxiety, but that's not the place for the believer. That's not what it's supposed to look like for those that have an eternal security in Jesus. Why? Because we're to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We're to let the peace that God gives us call the shots in our lives. But the circumstances are all messed up. I know. But let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's not conditional. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts when everything is going perfect. No. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts when your bank account is full. No. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts when you're laid out on a beach somewhere. No. This is in every environment. This is in every circumstance. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In the Gospel of John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's preparing them. He's letting them know, I'm, I'm not going to be here for too long. They're about to take me away. I'm about to die. And Jesus knows this. He, he knows what awaits him. He knows what is coming after him. He knows about the grueling death he is about to experience. But in John 14, 27, this is what Jesus leaves his disciples with. Verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is just moments before. 
Moments before Jesus is going to experience the grueling pain of crucifixion and dying on a cross. And he says, hey, you know, what I'm going to leave you with is my peace. Because you know what, I, I'm, I know this is coming. But, 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 but I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I mean, we know it was a, a, a we knew that, that he, he understood what was about to happen because he even made the statement like, God, look, if you can change how this is done. If you can, but if you can't, God, not my will, but, you, but your will. But Jesus knew what was ahead. His humanity was, was ex- exposed at that moment because he was like, this is going to hurt. God, if you, can t- if you can take this cup from me, and if there's another way, but Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He, he knew what was coming, and yet he tells his disciples, look, my, my peace I give to you. Jesus wasn't lounging on a beach somewhere. Jesus wasn't getting ready to go on the run to stay alive. He knew what was coming. But yet he offered him his peace. He says, my peace, my peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. I don't give you the world standard of peace. Because, see, the world standard of peace, it's backwards. It's from the outside in. That's the world standard of peace. That's how the world operates in peace. If the outside is good, then the inside can be good. That's what the world offers. From the outside in. But what Jesus offers is from the inside out. The the, the peace that Jesus offers, the peace that Jesus gives us is is not contingent on what's going on outside, but it's contingent on what has happened to you on the inside. He makes a distinction. He says, my peace. My peace, the peace from the inside that flows out. Romans 5.17 says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. Talking about sin, talking about Adam. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. See, 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 most Christians, see, when we talk about the gospel of peace, we talk about that peace that the gospel brings, that peace of the good news. But see, a lot of Christians solely relate the good news, the gospel, solely related to what it takes to get to heaven. The good news, the gospel. Oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm good. But we don't stop to think that the gospel, the good news, applies to us even on this earth. He says, 
so that we may reign in life. Reign in life. That means not for a future tense, but for right now. That you can reign in life right now. You can experience the joy and peace right now. That's the peace that Jesus is talking about. That's the peace that he gives us, not the peace contingent on the environment, not the peace contingent on the atmosphere, but the peace that comes on the inside. See, when we get saved, when we receive, when we accept Jesus as Lord of our lives, the Bible says that we are made new. Spirit brand new. What that means is our spirit is made perfect. There's no flaw in our spirit because we've been made new. When something is new, there's no flaw. It's, it, it's, what, it's the seed of the gospel. It's what Jesus came to do. The Holy Spirit in us. Man, our spirit is made new. But we're not just made up of spirit. We're made up of spirit, soul, and body. And so the peace that starts from the inside is the peace that starts from the spirit. The peace that starts from the spirit of, hey, I've been made new. My eternity is secure. I am right with God. That's what's in our spirit. That's, what's made, that's what is made perfect. Now the problem with life is getting our soul and our body to believe what our spirit says. See, see the soul our mind, our will, our emotions, our thought process. That's what's imperfect. See, our soul is malfunctioned because of sin. And with our soul being malfunctioned, our body malfunctions. That's why when you worry, that's why you, that's why you get those knots in your stomach. I know people that worry so much, they carry a bottle of Pepto-Bismol with them everywhere they go. Now, I'm not even playing. That's, they, they care because they, they worry so much. It's because our soul and our body is, is not perfect yet. But if we could just get our soul and our body to believe what our spirit says, to believe the peace that we've already been given, the peace that our eternity is secure. If we can get our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, if we can get that lined up to the peace that Jesus gives, how do we do that? Well, it's about getting our mind and our thoughts lined up with what God says. And we do this in three ways, and, and this is a real simple thing I, I just want you to remember before we get out of here. We have a few moments. 
You want to get your soul lined up to what your spirit says? First thing I tell you to do is this. Talk to God. Pray. Talk to God. Talk to him. Talk to him. Let him know your troubles. Let him know what you're worried about. Let him know what you're afraid of. Talk to God. Next thing on that list is to listen to God. I'm talking to him. I'm casting my cares. I'm casting my trouble on him. I'm talking to him. I'm praying to him. But now I need to stop and listen to him. Well, how do we listen? Is he going to speak to me audibly? How, what's going to happen? Is it through the thunder? Like, what, what's this going to look like? I talk to him, but I listen to him too. God, what do you want to tell me? What do you want to say to me? And he says, man, I... I got you covered, Chris. I got you right here. What I want to tell you is right here. My, my, my promises for you are right here. My, my blueprint for living, my blueprint for life is right here. So I talk to him. I pray to him. I listen to him. I, 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 I just sit and, I, and I, I, I read his word. I see what he has to say. And, and you know what? Uh, can he speak to you audibly? Yes, he can. Can he speak to you in your spirit? Can he speak to your spirit? Yes, he can. But I talk to him. I listen to him. Finally, Think about what God has said and already done for me. I meditate on what he says. I meditate on his promises. I meditate on his word. God, you, you've been speaking to me. And I know some of you, 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 you want this prophetic just outpouring to come on you right now. You want me to give you a word. You want, we want those sort of things. But God is like, man, I've been saying a lot right here, though. Like, I've been saying a whole bunch right here. It's good stuff. If you would just, just open it, if you would just get into it, man, I promise you, I promise you, you'll hear from him. That's how we get our soul to believe our spirit. See, the reason why many of us are dealing with worry and anxiety now is because, man, we, our, our spirit, our perfect spirit, spirit is being so clouded and disrupted by our soul, our thought life, our, our, our body. And, and so, in, that, in other words, our body starts to solely believe what our soul says. Our body starts to believe what, what, what we're thinking. Oh, my goodness, the world is, is falling apart all around me. It's collapsing on me. 
I can't make it. I can't get ahead. I can't survive this. When Jesus says, look, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Forget the world's peace. Because that's not enough to keep you stable. That's not enough to keep you standing firm. Because see, the world's peace is good for a moment, but as soon as things change, as soon as the environment changes, as soon as the atmosphere around you changes, you lose your footing. Because you were solely reliant on that peace. As soon as the money runs out, the peace is gone. As soon as that relationship ends, the peace is gone. And Jesus says, no, the, the, the peace that I'm talking about is the peace from the inside. It's not affected by the outside. Your spirit is made perfect. You're going to be with me for eternity. But since you're here on this earth, you got to fight. You got to have the proper armor on. You got to have the right shoes on. And this morning, God wants to bring some stability in your life. Some of you are worried and anxious this morning because you're relying on the world's peace. Say, but Chris, no, I, I know what Jesus has done for me. I, I know God is good to me. I, I know these things. But, but what are you feeding yourself? Are, are, are you in this enough? Are you talking to him enough? And chances are we, we might not be. But this morning, I want you to experience the peace that Jesus gives. I want to make sure we have the right shoes on. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of getting knocked over by the enemy. I'm tired of getting pushed around by the enemy. I'm tired of getting bullied by the enemy. I'm tired of it. And I want my feet firmly planted. I want my feet to be ready for battle. And that only comes with the readiness of the gospel of peace. The peace that only Jesus gives. Let's stand to our feet.